Thank you, choir. And uh, if you're happy this morning, please say good hearty amen. Amen. Your Bible, please. In uh, the book of Romans. Romans chapter 4. Okay, well, the, the devil will always want to get his share on the services, so that's his share. Do not let him uh, disturb your mind, your attention to the Word of God. Please rise this time as we read Romans chapter 4. Remember the sermon last Sunday? I mean, you can recall the sermon last Sunday. Is salvation by law or by grace? Is salvation by law or by grace? And uh, the message is a continuation, actually, of our main theme. We dwell on that theme. Is salvation by law uh, or by grace? Romans chapter 4, verses number 1 to 15. We will read it responsibly today. Romans 4, verse number 1. What shall we say then that Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, had found for what saith the scripture Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven, and whose sins are covered. Cometh this blessedness then upon the circumcision only, or upon the uncircumcision also? We say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. How was in then reckoned when it was it was in circumcision. Am I reading the right, the right verse? Verse 11. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all men that believed, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. Verse 13, for the promise 
that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Verse 15, because the law worketh wrath, for there, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Remain standing, please, for prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word of God and the opportunity to preach to your people today. May thou continue to enlighten our minds, our hearts, on this great issue in the Bible the difference between law and grace. And Lord, as we continue on this subject this morning, we pray that you capture our minds, our hearts, so that, Lord, we will be enlightened more, we will be challenged the more to serve thee, and our faith be strengthened today. I also pray for those who are not yet saved. May the Lord God, Father, Open their understanding to the great truth of salvation in Christ Jesus. May souls be saved. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen this morning. This is a continuation, as I have made mention a while ago, of our, our sermon last Sunday. And uh, uh, is salvation by law or by grace is salvation by law or by grace i was in not too long ago in bukidnon and i have met some people who are uh seventh day adventist people and they I, and, and they are so so devoted to the doctrine uh salvation by obeying the law you cannot be saved unless you obey the law of god in order to go to heaven, you have to obey the law of God. If you fail to obey the law of God, then you'll not be saved. And uh, now, whereas we preach on salvation purely by grace, by faith this morning, is salvation by law or by grace? And so this is why we want to dwell on this subject a little bit. And my, my last sermon will be next Sunday. And uh, tonight I'll be preaching the same thing. Today and next Sunday, I will try to expound Romans chapter 4 in relation to this, to our theme, salvation is salvation by law or by grace. And this morning we, <clears throat> we try to confine our study on verses number 1 to 15, Romans chapter 4, because of the limitation of time. Um, next Sunday, we will be dwelling on, preaching on chapters, uh, chapter 4, verses 16 to 25. So in, in verses number 1 to 15, in our study today, we'll find number 1, there are three thoughts, major thoughts this morning. We find that number 1, God graciously justifies the ungodly sinner who does not work for salvation. Verses 1 to 5. We, God graciously justifies the ungodly sinner who does not work for salvation but believes in Jesus Christ. 
And then verse number 6 to 8, number 2, we will look at the supreme blessing of God forgiving all our sins comes through faith apart from any works. And then verses 9 to 15, salvation does not come through religious rituals or the law, but through God uh, crediting or counting, considering righteousness through faith alone. That's the only way God counts righteousness in us through faith alone in Jesus Christ. So number one, from verses one to five, this is the, the first thought that we need to learn in this chapter. God graciously justifies the ungodly sinner who does not work for salvation, but believes in Jesus Christ to be saved. And uh, so, dili ang tao nga nga nagapaningkamot para siya maluwas, ipakamatarungon si Gino, kung dili ka itong nagdawat, nagtuo, kang Christ Jesus nga manuluwas. Now, I want us to look at verse number 5 in our text, please. Romans 4. Look at verse number 5. Romans chapter 4 and verse number 5. Now, now, please take note here, Romans 4, verse number 5. In Romans 4, verse 5, Paul makes one of the most, listen to this, he makes one of the most striking claims in all scripture against all religion. Here is a verse that stands against all. All religions of the world with this one verse. It stands against all religion, whether the Protestant churches or the Catholic or the Methodist or the Pentecostals, all. This one verse stands against all of them. Romans 4, look at verse number 5, because let me say this all religions would say, in order for you to be saved, you have to do this. You have to do this. Do this. Do this. Do this and that. Do this and that. Here is one verse that stands against all religion, I say. Name all religions you can remember and put them before this verse. Romans 4, look at verse number 5, please. Open your Bible. What does the Bible say? Romans 4, verse 5. But to him that worketh what? N-O-T. Now, religions would say, all religions would say, work. Work. Diba? And uh, said so that you need to be baptized. To become a member, you need, you need to do this and that. Work! In order for you to be saved, <clears throat> that is what all religion in the world will tell you. Work! What if I do not work? Look at this place. One verse that stands all again, all religion. Verse number five, please. It says there, let us read this. But to him... That worketh what? Not. 
to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted. Look at that. His faith is counted for what? Faith is enough. Amen ba? Amen ba? Is an amen to that? I say the most, the most striking claims in all the scripture against all religions. But to him that worketh not. If a religious person would read it, he would be shocked. And uh, you tell these religious people who have been teaching their followers, Puhatani, do this and that, and then you read this, and uh, you, you tell him, I have a verse to share to you. Do you believe the Bible? If he says yes, then read it. He might be shocked when he sees the verse. The moment he reads the verse. But to him that worketh not now, and uh, he would be shocked because this verse in the Bible completely, let me say this, shut out. Completely shuts out or completely close the door for any kind of hope of religion. This verse. The door of any kind of hope of religion. What a staggering verse, I say. Surely there, and uh, you say, well, l l let me read that again. You, you show your Bible to that religious person. Ipakita ni mo Bible and you say, well, let me. Again, now, you know what he does? Probably he would say, now, well, um, surely there must be a copier's error there in the text. What I mean is there must be something with the machine that, that printed the Bible. Typographical, whatever. They said there must be something wrong. Now, now, this is not what I've been taught all my life, religiously. And so, Paul must have said, God justifies or justifies the one who tries to do his best. That's the way I understand it. You come to church, you pray, you do this and that, be good. So, God must, Paul must have said, God justifies the one who tries to do his best. God justifies the nice person who always went well, who loved his family or devoted his time and his money to help the, the needy. Somebody who went to church. Somebody who reads the Bible or, or prayed every day. Surely there must have been... Now th these people must have earned their way to heaven. Then you read the verse again. You let them read the verse again. But to him that worketh not. Amen? Diba masyak ang tawa all throughout their life, they have been taught in order para matukas langit, you have to be good, you have to be nice, you have to do this, but to him that worketh not. Now, I will say this again. The number one enemy of religion is the Bible. The King James Version 1611 of the Bible. Number one enemy of religion is the Bible. 
You read the Bible, just one verse, and it wipes out all religion. Amen ba? Because all religion, as we know, everybody says, do this and that, do this and that, do this and that, while the verse we have read says, to him that worketh not. Is an amen to that? Number one, chapter 4, verse 1 to 3, God, we find here that God justified Abraham. Paul uses Abraham, their, their father in the faith. God justified Abraham by faith alone. Alone. And not by his works. I mean, Abraham was a nice person. Abraham was a great person. I admire him. But God never considered anything about his, his work. It was by faith alone. If Abraham had been justified by works, he would have grounds or basis to boast. Look at verse number one, please. What shall we then say that Abraham are... He says, religiously, they claim Abraham as their father. They always call Abraham, Father Abraham, Father Abraham. And he's the example of everyone. He's the greatest example of their religion, Abraham. What shall we then say that Abraham, uh, as pertained to the flesh, had found? Big question mark. For if Abraham were justified by works, he had wear up to glory, but not before God. Not before God. Most commentators understand this phrase to mean when God's viewpoint is considered, Abraham has no right to boast at all. And you see, he, he might be able to, to, to brag on his neighbor, his uh, his relatives and his friends. But when it comes to God, looking into the perfect God that he was serving, Abraham loses all the, all the ability to boast on anything as far as God is concerned because God is perfect. God is holy. We are not. Amen? You might be able to say, well, I am better than so-and-so. I am better than this man, that man. But when you begin to compare yourself to God, he had wear up to glory, to brag, or to boast about, but not before God. Is an amen to that. Now, in other words, Paul does not mean that Abraham could have boasted before people, but that before, but not before God. Rather, he had no grounds. So Paul meant his, that he has no ground for boasting at all. I remember Dr. Isguera before. He was, he was, telling, he was telling about her, her testimony of salvation. She was among the first batch, first medical uh, graduate of UP. I don't know what year was that. She was assigned in Mindanao in Agusan. Mindanao was mainly called Agusan at that time. And she was, the, she was the head of the Department of Health. 
And uh, she, she felt all throughout her life and that she was perfect. She was, everything was clean. <clears throat> and one day she was listening to DXFE. And somebody preached about Isaiah 64, verse number 6. All our righteousness are as filthy rags. We are all sinners in the sight of God. And she said, I felt the Spirit of God working in my heart. Right there and then I received Jesus Christ, recognizing that I was filthy, I was, I was lost, I was helpless, I was a great sinner in the sight of God. You see, and look at this please now, for he knew, all knew within himself that he could never reach God's divine standard of righteousness. And uh, now, look at this please, like, like the Apostle Paul, Abraham knew it. Look at Romans chapter 7, verse number 14, please. Romans 7, verse number 14. It says, we know that the law is spiritual. You don't blame the law. But the problem is, I am what? Arnold. Sold under sin. That which I do, I, I do, I allow not. For that which I would, that I do not. But what I hate, I do. So, I'm doing contrary to what I wish to do. Whatever I want to do, I, I, know I, I wanted to do, I, I, I want to do it because I want to please God. But, but in the end, I realized that I was, I was doing what God wants me to do. Why? The problem was, you have the desire. But the flesh is so weak. The flesh is carnal. And, uh, and then as, as it goes on here, in verse number, uh, let's continue, for which, or verse 15, for that which I do, I allow not, for what I would, I do not, but what I hate, I do. If then I do that which I would not, I consent the law that is in, it is good. Now, now then, it is no more I that do it, it is sin that dwelleth in me. Sin that dwelleth in me. Now, remember the message we had last Sunday. If you still recall, to be saved by the law, because they insist you have to do this, you have to be good, you have to do the law. To be saved by the law, you must, the law must be kept. Remember two things I said last Sunday. The law must be kept perfectly and continuously. Without interruption. Now, Galatians 3, look at verse number 10. Galatians 3, look at verse number 10. Galatians 3, verse number 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. Are under the curse. For it is written, it says there, um, for it is written, curse is everyone that continueth not in all things. You say you, you start out there. Let's limit our minds on the Ten Commandments. Once you start stepping on the First Commandment, you have to do it. Remember, remember this. You have to do it perfectly. All. And I made mention last Sunday and last Wednesday night that if you recall, if you call, if you if you count all the laws of God, 
there are more or less the moral law, the ceremonial law of God, dunay 1,000, more or less 500 laws in this book. You have to obey all 1,500 laws of God. Remember this, remember this continuously and perfectly. Now, out of 1,500, you fail one point. James 2 verse 10, For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend, just miss one point, you are guilty of all. You're hanging your life on a chain. And uh, the, the link of the chain is, it reaches to 1,500. What's the good to knock? 1,001. And then somebody cuts off one link, just one link of the chain. Sakadina, what will happen to you? Huh? The Bible says, for whosoever shall, shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Meaning, as if you have not done anything of it. That clear. You have to be perfect and nobody, no man has ever lived perfectly or obeyed the Lord continuously except one person and that one person is Jesus Christ. Only Jesus Christ. Why? Because he is God. Chapter 4 verse 1 to 3. God justified Abraham by faith alone. And not by his works. Number two, look at verse three. Scripture clearly teaches that Abraham was justified by faith alone. By faith alone. Go back to your text. Our text, please. Romans four, verse number one. Verse number three. I mean, what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God. And it was counted unto him for righteousness. If people, just one thing. I wish I can have the, 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 the sketch of the Old Testament people. <clears throat> just, just, just think of one thing. If people insist that Abraham was saved by the obeying the law, he could never be saved. Why? Why? The law was given by God through Moses. And Abraham lived 500 years before the law was given. How can he be saved by the law? And who is first, Abraham or Moses? Remember this, Abraham was 500 years older than Moses. He lived 500 years prior to the law, or before the law. How can he be saved by the law? And he was saved by faith alone. Now, look at this, please. Now, underline this from verse 3 to verse number 6. Underline the word reckon. Underline the word impute or imputed. And the word count. Those three words, reckon, impute, and count. These three words all mean the same thing. 
Remember, huh? Reckon, impute, count. They mean the same thing. To put to a person's account. Remember what Paul said? Um, what, what Paul said? Philemon, put that. If he owes you anything, put everything into my account. See, justification means righteous, righteousness imputed or put to our account. God gives us a right standing. And, uh, you know, uh, justification gives us the right standing before God. You stand before God no longer a sinner. Why? Because you have been declared just. You have been justified, not because of anything you have done, but because of what Christ has done on your behalf. Sanctification means righteousness imparted or made part of our life and that gives us right standing before men so that they believe we are Christians. Both justification and sanctification are part of salvation as, as James says, show me thy faith without thy work and I will show you my faith why? Remember that. My works. So justification and sanctification, they're part. A true salvation that saves you, changes you. Amen? Now look at verse number 4 again. Romans 4, verse 4 and 5. So number 1, God justified Abraham by faith alone, not by his works. Number 2, Scripture clearly teaches that Abraham was justified by faith Alone. Number three, verse four, Romans four, verse four and five. God justifies an ungodly person who does not work for salvation but believes in Christ. Now maybe you're hoping you are trying to be good, you're trying to work for your salvation. God will not justify you. Let me make this clear. Maybe you're hoping nagsimbak apostor. Uh, and I'm doing this and that so that God will at least mapansin because you know God will not justify you. Justification is a great doctrine in the Bible. Justification is the judicial being the ultimate judge. God is a judge. Judge of all judges. Being the ultimate judge when he, he justifies someone he declares a sinner, not make a sinner righteous, but he declares him just. Not because of anything he has done, but because of what Christ has done in his behalf. God made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You know, people would say, well, I cannot get it faster. He said, you are saved. Does it mean you, are, you will no longer commit sin? Does it mean that you are perfect? No. We are just forgiven. We receive justification. Justification, let me make this clear to you, is not to make someone righteous. It is to declare, on the part of God, it is to declare a person righteous. Whenever a person comes to God by faith, receives Jesus Christ, God then raises his hand and then 
You know what he's holding in his hand? A gobble. Panduktuk sa mga judge. God bangs the gobble and said, Well, I declare you not guilty. Amen? So remember this. It is not to, de- to, to make you righteous, but to declare because of your faith in what Christ has done, your faith in the blood of Jesus Christ, therefore God declares you righteous. That is what we mean by being justified by God. God justifies an ungodly person who does not work for salvation, but believes in Jesus Christ. Look at verse number 4 again. Verse 4, To him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace. You know what's heaven? Everybody wears. Heaven? Saved by grace. Amen? Amen? You're not saved by grace. You have no place in heaven. Everybody you meet in heaven, you find saved by grace. Amen? Not say because he's a good person, he's a nice person. Not say because he's a member of the Bible Baptist Church or a certain religious group. Say by what? Praise. Now look at this, please. If granting, for the sake of argument, or for the sake of you know enlarging our imagination, God. Among all the people, the saints in heaven, everybody wears saved by grace. Ikaw lang, saved by the church. Saved by good works. Out of the millions and millions of God's people, saved by grace, saved by grace. Somebody shows up and said, saved by works. Huh? I'm saved because I was good. I was trying to please God. You know why, why, why God lets you in? It simply means utangan ang ginos. God owes you something, so therefore He lets you in. <clears throat> because you have worked for it. Amen? Now let, let, me, let me illustrate this very, very carefully this morning. And when you work... Just, just imagine this morning. When you work and your boss, uh, your boss pays you. You get the paycheck. Remember one thing. He is doing you a favor. You don't send him a thank you note. Sir, mom, thank you so much for your... I, I really appreciate your kindness. No. Why? Because he owes you. And when you fail to pay someone else labor... Actually, that is considered a debt. If he refuses to, to pay you, you can even take him to court. Why? Because that is yours. And you say, well, God, where is my mansion? I've been working for that. Uh, treat me well here. Treat me somebody like, like somebody uh, uh, well. You know, so, somebody uh, uh, having your favor because I have been pastoring a church. I have been a Sunday school teacher. Now, Lord, you owe me something. Nobody. God owes to nobody. Amen. Nobody, nobody enters heaven and, and saying, God, 
utangan ko ni because God knows God own God owes nobody in heaven. It's only one thing we enter heaven that's all by the grace of God. If the boss refuses to pay you, that's a debt. You can say, well, that, that's someone he owes me. Uh, I was supposed to receive 10,000 last month. But he did not pay me. So he owes me. So let us read verse number 5, please. Verse 4. To him that worketh is the reward, not reckon of grace. That's not God's grace, but of death. Everybody's wearing something in heaven. Say by grace. Say by grace. If you insist that it is through your work, your religion, through the law, then you have to wear saved by the law. Saved by good works. No one, bad news is, no one enters heaven with that. Very likely you go down. Amen? Did I make it clear? Amen? Last two Sundays ago, someone got saved in the Visayan service. Member of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And I am hoping that she would grow. I don't know if she's here today. My heart goes to those people. And, uh, I, my heart wants to help them. I do not hate these religious blinded people. I do not despise them. I love them and I preach the word of God to them. I say it with all of my heart. As the righteous judge, God recognizes Jesus' death as payment in full for all our sins. To the moment we believe in Jesus, God God declares that person not guilty. But he's not only, he, he, he not only removes our sin and our guilt, he also imputes the very, the very righteousness of Jesus to our account. Can you imagine? I am righteous not because of anything I have done. I am righteous because of Jesus Christ. Amen. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There's only one thing. There's only one thing that assures us, assures me. I know when I die or when Jesus comes, heaven's door will be open. My gate pass not because I'm a pastor. My gate pass is not because I have been saved for 48 years. My gate pass is not because I've been trying to win souls. My gate pass is the blood of Jesus. The righteousness of Jesus. The death of Jesus. I'm glad that when he died on the cross, he said, it is finished. It is done. Because time will not permit. And let me jump here to the second point. Verse number 6 to 8. Sec- second point is this. The, the supreme blessing of God forgiving all your sins 
And I, I mean, we, we have thousands of blessings that we cannot, we, 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 we cannot probably, we're not able to, re, to remember some of them. So many blessings. God has blessed us so much. God has blessed our families. God has blessed our children. God has blessed us. God has so many blessings. But let me say this. The supreme blessing of God forgiving all your sins comes through faith. Apart. Apart from any work. <clears throat> the greatest blessing of all is to have God forgive all your sins. Amen? What is the greatest blessing you have in life? Greatest blessing, Pastor Inga, is when my cross sent me a text. That's my greatest blessing. Greatest blessing was when, when, uh, when that someone wanted to, you know, agreed to marry me. Greatest blessing is when I, I graduated, uh, you know, I finished my study. The greatest blessing is this and that. No, the greatest blessing you have, remember this, the greatest blessing you should count is to have God forgive all your sins. I said all. And um, we must feel, in order to appreciate the blessing, the blessing of forgiveness, what, what do we need to do? Para appreciate na ang blessing of forgiveness, number one, we must feel the very burden of, of our guilt. Never does a soul value the gospel medicine until he feels the disease. You have to realize you are a totally depraved sinner. You're totally hopeless and helpless. You have nothing in you that, that deserves anything, any favor from God except hell. Except judgment, but thank God. He made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. God has laid on him the iniquity of us all. When Jesus Christ took that cross, when he was literally nailed on that cross, he felt every pain and the shame, the thirst, the rejection was all meant for us. Thank God He took our guilt, took our sin. Forgiveness is the greatest of all blessings that God <clears throat> blessed us with. God has blessed us with so many things, but forgiveness is the greatest blessing. And notice how the Lord forgives us. There are three great results that become ours when we trust Jesus for salvation. You know what happened here in chapter 4, verse number 6 to 8? Even as David also described it, the blessedness, blessedness of the man unto whom God imputed righteousness without works. Saying blessed, by the way, the word blessed means what? Happy. Amen? Happy. God wants us to be happy. Dili lang si Senator Indrili ang gustong happy ka. Ang gusto ko, happy ka. Kabahan natin ang ipiralo. Kasi gusto ko, happy ka. God is telling us tonight, this, this morning, 
Up there in heaven, God is telling you, I want you to be happy. Amen? Are you happy? Do you feel blessed? We are blessed. And the greatest blessing is to have God forgiving all our sins. What, what sins? Number one, look at the past aspect of salvation. If you talk about salvation, you have to look at past aspect of salvation. Number one, whose sins are, blessed are they, whose sins are what? That's the past. Salvation from the penalty of sin. Amen? Thank God, Jesus Christ said, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. John 4, 5.24 Hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but is passed from death unto life. Whose sins are forgiven? Are you happy? Oh! This word means sent away. Remember the, the scapegoat in the Bible? It was to be Taken into a land not inhabited. Why? Because God, once He forgives you, He never counts your sin anymore. This word means sent away in a very real sense when we receive Christ as our Savior. Our sins are forever removed from our lives. Psalm 103 verse number 12. Look at the present. Now, the present aspect, whose sins are what? Now, whose sins are forgiven? Whose sins are what? Number two? Aaron, at present, covered. 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 This word means covered so completely that they can never be recovered. And then thirdly, sins are not counted against you. Anymore. Bible says there, <clears throat> whom the Lord imputed righteous without works. And then verse number 8, blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Will not impute sin. And as far as the future judgment is and one day we will answer for the works we have done. Whether we serve the Lord or not as God's people. But our sins are all gone. Lastly, because I have no more time, look at verse number 9, verse number 16. <clears throat> we will shorten this. Number 3, salvation does not come through rituals or the law, but through God crediting or counting righteousness through faith alone. You want to be saved? Remember these religious activities can never save. God counts righteousness through faith alone. God counts righteousness to us only through faith. Verse number 9. Verse 9. Come at this blessedness then, then upon circumcision only. For the Jewish religion, 
or upon uncircumcision also, the Gentiles, we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. How is it then reckoned? When he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. And he received the sign of circumcision, the seal of the righteousness of the faith, which had yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe, through, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. You see, circumcision is, is the sign, the badge of the Jewish people. It's like baptism for the Christians today. Baptism does not save, but it shows something has transpired. It's a sign. You're not baptized to be saved. You are, you are baptized because you have been saved. It's an outward testimony of something that has taken place inside, and that is the miraculous working of God's Salvation. Is that clear? All the good works we do outside only serve as signs and zeals of the reality that comes through faith in Christ. Why are we here today? Are we here because we want to be saved? We're here because we are God's people. This is a sign. When you get saved and you begin to Pray for the word of God. That's a good sign. Amen. When you begin to seek God through prayer, when you begin to feel the burden for lost, uh, your lost loved ones, that's a good sign. Amen. Pagwalay sign, because the Holy Spirit makes it real. If you are truly born again, child of God, and said, well, I am saved, but... I do not bother reading the Bible. I do not bother at all praying. It doesn't bother me at all not winning souls. Huh? Something must be wrong. God is looking for a sign. Amen. That I, 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 since I got saved, I, I enjoyed a lot playing, you know, you know, watching basketball games than coming to church. Reserve basketball tomorrow. You might be a kawaii, kawaii, you know, fan. The same. Our first thing is the word of God. Amen. Sign is not the real thing, but it points to it. As Christian, baptism is a sign that your sins have been washed away through faith in Christ. It pictures the truth that you have been identified completely, immersed with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. Blessing of salvation does not come through keeping the law, but through God counting righteousness to us through faith in Christ. Faith in Christ. And if you seek to be justified by keeping the law, you make faith void. You make God's promise of non-effect. All 3,000 plus promises of God in the Bible of non-effect. They are of no value at all to you. And 
If you deny God's way, God's way, God's plan of salvation, you simply say, God, you're a liar. Believe in me. Be saved by the Lord. Remember this. It must be kept perfectly. It must be kept continually without interruption. But thank God I close. I hope I have given enough this morning to enlarge at least what you should know about the difference between the law and grace. I close with two verses this morning in Matthew eleven twenty-eight, Matthew chapter 11, verse number 28. There it says, 29, Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 and 29, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest. You know what Paul and Peter argued? They kept on saying in Acts chapter 15, our message last Sunday, it was needful, it was necessary, they said, that these new Gentile believers should keep the law of Moses. They need to be circumcised. Except they be circumcised, they cannot be saved. You know what Peter said? Why are you trying to impose this new Gentile believers obeying the law, trying to put a yoke upon the necks of the disciples, which neither we, at present Christians, nor our fathers were able to bear. It's a yoke, a burden that, that keeps you, you know, uh, long for more and crave for more, but there is no answer. There is an answer of rest today. Jesus Christ says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke. That yoke is the yoke of faith. By faith, you come and receive. Jesus is offering all sinners rest from legalism, rest from self-righteousness, from the bondage of sin. Come, he says, unto me. You don't come and join the church. You don't come and do this and that. Come unto me. Me, it's Jesus Christ. Behold, I stand at the door in your heart. And knock. Any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him. How oh, can you imagine? There is peace, there is rest. There is assurance. God not only gives you, but he imputes. Remember this. He reckons, he counts, he, 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 he put Jesus Christ Righteousness to your credit. It's like going to the bank and, and tell the bank manager and uh, Sir Greg, now says, now say 100 million, said, Mr. Manager, um, how much Pastor Ingay has say an account? I'm on a 500 pesos. Why don't you transfer 5 million to his account? We are nothing in the sight of God. 
when we come to God as a sinner, God imputes. The word reckon or count or impute, meaning God credits the righteousness of Jesus into us. Our righteousness is not self-righteousness. It is not religious righteousness. Our righteousness is imputed righteousness. You know what I mean? I'm saved. I'm made righteous. My standing before God is made right. Not because of something I have done, but because of Christ's righteousness. I only receive it by faith. You know what God, what pleases God most is when you as a sinner come to Him by faith. And say, Lord Jesus, you are the Son of God. God the Father, you have provided your Son. I now come to you. I realize I'm a great sinner. I accept Jesus Christ. And the moment, I can almost see God raising his hand with the gavel. Gavel. Ako download ganyan, right pronunciation, it's just gavel. Is that right, attorney? Napay mong gavel dito sa and he bangs it with his hand. And selling I not guilty. And I can now say happy. Happy. Happy because I'm saved. Happy because my sins are gone. Happy because my sins are all forgiven. Blessed is the man whose iniquities are forgiven. Blessed is the man whose sins are covered. Happy is the man whom the Lord will not impute. Past, present, and future. Amen. I have been saved from the penalty of sin. Thank God for that. He declared me righteous. And I am being saved from the power of sin. One of these days, God, Jesus Christ is coming back. Then I will be saved from the presence of sin. You can be saved by receiving Jesus Christ. Today, let us all stand up, please. Dear God, Heavenly Father, thank you for the truth of the word.